I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This, this is, is the, the game, game of roses. Welcome to the, the game, game of roses. roses. Go on, tell my friends I failed again. I couldn't build a world worth living in. If I could kiss it to make more sense, God knows I'd do it all again.
hard to fight when the last one shall ever love isn't me. Isn't me. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues and those beautiful tones you heard up top of this episode belong to none other than Danny Padilla. Can't be stopped. <laughs> no, he cannot. The superstar from Listen to Your Heart has released a new song. It's called Isn't Me. It's about Becca Purifoy who was his partner on that show for a couple of weeks and then was not. But it's a fantastic song. Go check it out wherever you get your music. As they say, music is the window to the human heart. Do they say that? Someone has said that. I'm sure of it. Mm-hmm. But welcome to This Week in Bachelor Nation. It is Thursday, so you know what you're going to get. You're going to get those screams. You're going to get those gains. You're going to get those parasocial plays of the week. You're going to get all of that beautiful Bachelor Nation news. And of course, you're going to get our state of the world, which is where we're going to discuss a little piece of news from outside in the big wide world, and we're going to relate it back to The Bachelor. But before that, you're going to get a little business. Our book, How to Win the Bachelor, is available for pre-sale, everyone, wherever you get your books. Look it up, pre-sale, order it. It's perfect for Valentine's Day, some people are saying. I've been reading articles saying that so many people are pre-ordering this book, they're afraid it's going to crash Amazon's website. So... Ooh. If you want to crash Amazon's website, you got to pre-order this book. That's how you do it. <laughs> Stick it to Bezos as he sticks it to our atmosphere. <laughs> we also have now available for purchase a Do You Hooju t-shirt. It's going to be around for about another 11 days and then it's gone forever. So if you don't get it now, you're never going to get one. In addition to that, we are certainly trying to get one of those beautiful People's Choice Podcast Awards, and we need your help to get it. So if you would be so kind, please go to podcastawards.com and nominate us in the TV category and the overall category. If we can walk across that stage and claim that beautiful award, we will no doubt thank the pit in the loudest scream that has ever been heard on a stage in front of a live audience of other podcasters. <laughs> the scream heard around the podcasting community. And we also have a huge piece of news right now as a Patreon exclusive for everybody who is down in the deepest, darkest part of the pit with us, you can access our Discord. To access it, if you're a member of the Patreon, you just go to the homepage and there's going to be a link to the Discord in the My Membership section. Just check that out, sign up, and you can start talking to everyone else who is down at the bottom of the pit with us, including ourselves. We're going to be popping into the Discord from time to time, so hopefully we can have some fun conversations with everybody that is in there. And now that all of our business is concluded, are you ready to get on to that news of the world? I'm ready. This is Game of Roses. State of the World. 
huge news erupted this week in the video game industry. One of the biggest video game companies in the world, Activision Blizzard, who generated $8 billion in revenue last year, has been sued by California's Department of Fair Employment and Housing. The suit alleges that multiple female employees were subjected to gender discrimination, sexual harassment, and unequal pay. In a press release, the DFEH alleges that, in quotes, women were subjected to constant sexual harassment, including groping, comments, and advances, and the company's executives and human resources personnel knew of the harassment and failed to take reasonable steps to prevent the unlawful conduct and instead retaliated against women who complained. Blizzard's director of corporate communications, Kelvin Liu, issued the following statement in response to the civil suit. We value diversity and strive to foster a workplace that offers inclusivity for everyone. There is no place in our company or industry or any industry for sexual misconduct or harassment of any kind. In response to Blizzard's response, 2,000 current and former employees of the game publishing giant have signed a petition in opposition to the company calling their official response, in quotes, abhorrent and insulting. Despite significant efforts in the past few years to organize a video game labor union, none is formally recognized by the game publishers and developers, but this lawsuit could quite possibly lend momentum to these unionization efforts. So we're sitting here talking about video games, the biggest entertainment industry in the world. What does that have to do with our beloved game? Well, the video game industry is a lot like the industry that surrounds our beloved game. It's long hours in an environment that is not great for anyone's mental health. It's a generally toxic environment that employees are led to believe they must endure if they want to be in that industry. And just as the video game industry is now experiencing what may very well be a watershed moment when one of the biggest gaming companies in the world is being sued for their inability to create a safe work environment, we think that same moment is coming for reality TV, and it may very well be in the form of a lawsuit filed against... Our beloved game, The Bachelor. The Bachelor has been sued before, but it hasn't really had much success. We had two would-be players suing them for racial discrimination way back when. um, And the judge ruled in favor of The Bachelor, saying they could cast whoever they wanted. But... As more and more tids are coming out by ex-players where they're saying it's not good for your mental health to be in this position, it seems like it's only a matter of time. Yeah, I think if a, an ex-player or group of ex-players got together and filed a lawsuit against Warner Brothers ABC, NZK, I don't know if it would be successful or not, but I think it would make the industry, specifically it would make these entities stand up and take notice. They would have to issue some response. They would have to stand accountable for this lawsuit, whether they win it or lose it or settle it or however they wanted to handle it. But the idea that it exists in the video game industry as well, there's this idea that's like, well, this is just how it is. And certainly in The Bachelor, you have to sign this contract. I, I believe the contract says you will never sue them, which is insane. Like how you can get somebody to sign a contract that says, no matter what we do to you, you can't sue us. It's like, well, wait a minute now. What does that mean? No matter what you do to me, like, (laughs) what are you going to do to me? We won't do anything bad, but don't worry about it. We're covered for everything. And like you're saying, like Ben Higgins going on Bachelor Happy Hour, 
saying like they basically fucking tortured him as the lead. This is when he was the fucking bachelor, not even a player. That they tortured the dude for fucking months and had somebody shadowing him. He was never alone, even though he needed to be alone from time to time for his own mental health. I think we're going to get to a point where the idea that it's like you can't go against the contract, you can't go against the producers, that's going to start to be trumped by, but wait a minute, they're doing terrible shit to us. Somebody I think is going to speak up. And again, I personally just think we're going to see a lawsuit like this coming at The Bachelor because it's kind of the biggest example of this. It's been around the longest in the same way that Blizzard Activision is like, it's basically the biggest video game company in the world. It makes World of Warcraft, Overwatch, Call of Duty, like giant video game titles. But they don't make the most important video game, Pokemon Go. <laughs> no, they don't. That's Niantic. <laughs> Who probably has a very cute, not toxic work environment. I don't know what like Niantic is like. They're, they're here. I think Niantic's in LA, if I remember right. Mm, very cool. At any rate... I just thought this was a, an important thing to notice because it's like these unregulated industries that don't have unions. And again, they're trying to get one going in the video game industry. And there are a bunch of people who are like on board with it because they're just the amount of labor that goes into any giant video game is insane. There have been a bunch of articles that came out earlier this year about uh, or, or late last year, I guess, about Red Dead Redemption 2, which is one of the most kind of uh, labor-intensive games that has ever existed. People were working like 20 hours a day to try and get it out on time. And the game looks beautiful. It's a crazy huge hit, all that kind of stuff. But at what cost? And because there's no labor union in place, these workers just get worked to the bone. And the companies are like, yeah, it's cool. If you don't like it, fucking take a hike. Because there's 100 people yeah. waiting in line for your job. I've definitely worked at jobs where it was like, we'll pay you $11 an hour because... There are people who will do it. Hundreds of people who want your job. So suck it up. When I first graduated from college and I was looking for my first jobs, you worked at an agency, right? I was referring to the agency. Yeah. I worked at. Yeah. I'm going to refer to another agency. When I first graduated college, you know, they tell you in LA, get an assistant job at an agency or production company or something. But agencies are like the place you're told mm -hmm. to get a job because you really get to see the industry from every angle. You deal with executives at studios and networks. You deal with writers, directors, actors, whatever. The agents are the ones who are kind of like the middlemen and women between every element of the industry. So it is very good training. So I remember have, getting an interview and I walked into this fucking mm -hmm. thing and it was with a, um, I believe he was a TV packaging agent junior TV packaging agent, had an office like right in the center of the fucking building, no windows, just this no windows, cramped yeah. little shitty fucking office. And I walk in there and he's like, tell me why you want this job. And I was like, well, I basically said the same shit I just said right now. I've heard working agencies, great experience. I want to be a writer and this will let me see whatever, you know, just like an honest fucking answer. And he's like, huh, mm. would you kill somebody for this job? And I was like, what? Uh, no. And he goes, well, there's a line of people a thousand deep around the corner who would. And I just left. I was like, oh, thanks for your time. And I fucking walked out of it. And that was the last time I oh ever my God. tried to get a fucking agency job. It was just insane, you know? Yeah, it's... I mean, to be fair, they did pay us $1 more for every year we worked there. Oh, that's good. Hour. You get so, an extra Chipotle yeah, burrito every month. I was month making a that. lot of money after a few years. 
No, it's like all these industries are, are built on the backs of cheap labor and young kids just trying to fucking break in. Video games is no different. But this idea that the toxicity in these environments, be it sexual harassment or any other kind, can exist mm -hmm. without any we pushback. We all those kinds. Of course, all these industries do. And the reality TV industry is no different. And I think we're... The shit keeps popping off. It keeps bubbling up in other industries that are traditionally accepting of these kinds of workplace environments. I just feel like reality TV is the next industry that's going to fucking get it. Mm -hmm. It's crazy to me that they're not covered at all by the... What is the Actors Guild? SAG, Screen Actors Guild. By SAG. Yeah. Well, because they're not fucking actors. They're not covered by Writers Guild either because the producers yeah, aren't writers, are. you know? Yeah, exactly. Some of yeah. them have made the transition. Nick Vial, I'm not naming names, but that is one that has made it to. Yeah, yes. Moss is going to have some stuff coming out soon. But that does it for State of the World. We just wanted to cover this important topic. We hope you have enjoyed it. Thank you for indulging. And now it is time to move on to that segment of our program in which we discuss... All of the ups and downs for the players of our current season on their social media accounts. Clues, as you know, I began a intense yoga routine over the past year, year and a half. And something that happens with starting to move your body and starting to use muscles that you've never <laughs> used before. This is the first time you've used muscles? You get Starting to use muscles for the first time, you know, uh, yeah. is you get sore. You get sore, and sometimes I'll do it before bed, and I'll feel like I'm a little bit jacked up, and I have trouble sleeping. And there is something that has been helping me with both of these things, and that is Caliper CBD. It has helped me with any pain and soreness I have gotten from... <laughs> from moving my body for the first time ever. Mm. It's helped me with having trouble sleeping. You know, when you just laying in bed, sometimes you'll see the daylight. It's a horrible feeling. Caliper CBD has been helping me with that. And I've tried other things. I've tried, you know, meditation. I've tried sleeping in different positions. But Caliper CBD has really helped me out with that. And I... I was skeptical at first. I was like, I don't know. Is CBD anything? Like, is that just like, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't convinced. But then I tried it and it has impacted my stress levels. It has made me overall much more calm. Again, the lessening of the pain and soreness, which makes me much more happy about continuing my yoga routine and pushing myself to those next levels and helping fall asleep easier. That all sounds fantastic, and I'm glad that you found Caliper CBD to help you with all these things because Caliper CBD powder is the only clinically proven fast-acting CBD. Caliper delivers 30 times more CBD in the first 30 minutes versus CBD oil. You get all the benefits of CBD in just 10 minutes. Some CBD oils can take over an hour to absorb. Caliper is developed by food science experts with decades of experience, rigorously tested for purity and quality. 
and it comes in convenient and easy to use packs. Precisely 20 milligrams measured into each packet, always THC free, so you can feel better without the high. No weird taste, no oily residue. It mixes easily into any food or drink. It's all natural, it's vegan, it's non GMO. No fillers here, no added chemicals, and no artificial flavors. Get 20% off your first order when you use promo code ROSES at trycaliper.com slash ROSES, C-A-L-I-P-E-R. You can try Caliper CBD risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, they'll give you a full refund. That's trycaliper.com slash ROSES. Don't forget promo code ROSES for 20% off your first order. We've all heard this phrase. You are what you eat. What does that mean? It means if you're putting good stuff in your body, it's going to make you a better person. (laughs) So now Green Chef is going to help you achieve that goal of ascending to a better version of yourself. Green Chef lets you choose from a wide array of easy-to-follow recipes, perfect for keto, paleo, and plant-powered diets, which is what I'm on. Or even if you just want to eat in a more balanced way, Green Chef is going to help you out. Everything on their menu is hand-picked, featuring organic veggies and high-quality proteins delivered to your door pre-measured and mostly prepped in insulated packaging. Green Chef is the most sustainable meal kit, offsetting 100% of its direct carbon emissions and plastic packaging in every box so you can feel great about how you're eating and how that food got to your table. You know, you are what you eat, Clues, and what I mostly have been eating is not great. <laughs> A certain, certain fast, casual staple in my diet that I can't seem to get away with that will remain unnamed. But instead of doing that one night this week, I made the tilapia with mango salsa. Tilapia, the most festive fish. You've got a vibrant mango salsa with red bell pepper and herby chimichurri spooned atop a flaky jerk, jerk spice tilapia filet, offering a fresh counterpart to the buttery white fish. It was, again, under the keto, paleo, gluten-free menu. So, you know, you can eat this and you can be like, wow, this is a delicious taste for my mouth, but it's also not bad for my body. It's great for my body, and I love to feel that when I eat. You are tilapia. I'm a festive fish now. Green Chef is currently owned by HelloFresh. And with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's something for everyone. So you can switch back and forth between the brands if you want. And right now, anybody listening to this is going to enjoy both brands at a huge discount. You're just going to go to greenchef.com slash roses100 and use that code roses100. That's R-O-S-E-S, the number one, the number zero, the number zero. And you're going to get $100 off, including free shipping. Just go to greenchef.com slash roses100 and use that code roses100 to get $100 off, including free shipping. Green Chef, it is the number one meal kit for eating Eating well. well. This is... This Week in Games. So we have been covering the ratings 
of this historic season 17 of Bachelorette. And as you may be aware, the men tell alls, the women tell alls, the tell alls don't do well. They are the worst rated episodes of every season. And this is no different. Season 17's Men Tell All that aired on Monday night stayed true to the rich tradition of being the lowest rated episode of the season, which is particularly bad in a season that already has some of the lowest ratings of all time. Not even Connor the Catman B's makeout session with a paid actor could divert this episode from sliding a full 25% in the demo from last week, Oof. pulling in a paltry 0.7 with 3.1 million total viewers, which was down almost 18% from last week. Now, despite these abysmal ratings, our beloved game's all-star break was able to win the night against all other network shows with the exception of NBC's coverage of the Summer Olympics, which crushed all other competition with a 3.2 rating in the demo and 13.2 million total viewers. Evidence that there are still at least 13 million people roughly out there who are willing and ready to watch TV the old-fashioned way. I wonder if all the people who skipped Mentel All understand that there was a portion of the game and they're just going to come into hometowns and be so confused and be like wait alia went home when did that happen totally i mean this is where we kind of get into that conversation about like social media specifically how much of the network tv viewing audience is also following this shit on social media if they're following it on social media they already know he's gone like obviously it's all over social media but for that contingent of the audience who only watches it on network tv does not get into the social media of it at all, they will be highly confused, yes. <laughs> hey, I'm sure we're going to watch that whole conversation that we already watched twice during the mental. Oh, fuck, you're we're right. We're going to see that for sure again. God damn it. Speaking of social media, last week our crown Katie Thurston was at 790,000 followers. She said, solid in gains this week, accruing 21,000 once again since that point, bringing her to 811,000 followers total. It is a good thing that neither of us ever made any predictions about her crossing the million threshold by the <laughs> end of the regular season. <laughs> uh, I, I remember things differently. I think we did make predictions. Am I? It's a good thing. Yeah. Okay. We all love that. I guess so. Well, I'll just go with that. It's a good thing. That's the one thing we did not make any predictions about. And she also gained 1.4K TikTok followers this week. This week, She's at 423.4K total. I have a suggestion for our bachelorette mm -hmm. to get that TikTok number up. She appeared on Off the Vine with Caitlin Bristow this past week, and she mentioned that at some point, she mentioned that she is in possession of many of the pieces of art from the art date, including the Blake Moynes painting, and she is going to reveal it at Ooh. some point. She hinted at that. She should do it on TikTok, if I may. Reveal it on TikTok, let that video exist on TikTok for a day, and then put it on your Instagram reels, Instagram stories, wherever you want to put it. But let that thing give you a TikTok bump. I think mm. you're getting 10K off Do the premiere of on TikTok. Yeah, that would be my advice. That's smart. Take it or leave it. I'm going to put it out there. And now for the top five Instagram gains for the players of Thurston's 17th Bachelorette season this week. The gold medal in gains goes to 36-year-old Ohio business owner slash widower slash package deal Michael Alio. 
He gained 54,000 followers this week, bringing him to 155K total for his 4TRR FaceTimes, his comedic talents he brought to the blooper reel, his swan song self-elimination bump, and his perfectly executed heartbreak hot seat, producing tears and pulling tears from Thurston herself. I gotta say, you saw it in this guy. I did not see it, but here we are. I know. He got it. Famously called him a night one guy. I thought he was going to be. But this motherfucker is turning out to be a really good parasocial player. You know, he's Mezni 2.0. He even posted something this week that was like kind of a sweet, sad song to Katie Thurston saying you're still the one type vibe. Like he's milking this shit for all it's worth. Oh, yeah. That was the song. They either played it. In Twilight or 13 Reasons Why. It was definitely from one of those two things. <laughs> Fantastic. He's got chops. I'll give it I to him. I consume all perfect media that exists. Yeah, understood. <laughs> the silver medal in gains this week goes to Clay Harper's cousin, 26-year-old pro football player and English accent aficionado, Andrew Spencer. Spencer gained 52,000 followers this week bringing him to 157K total for his heartbreak hot seat and reel, his continued use of accent play, and Taisha declaring that he deserves to be chosen and will. Chosen as what, Taisha? The Bachelor? Tell us. By the way, these are huge gains. Despite no one watching Men Tell All, these gains are bigger than most weeks since the premiere. The bronze medal in gains goes to... 29-year-old Columbia, Illinois math teacher and musician Connor Brennan, a.k.a. the Catman, a.k.a. Mr. Cloud9. He gained 22.7K this week, bringing him to 92.3K total for his heartbreak edit reel and hot seat, his double MVP status, his double play of the game, inspiring a cat audience tot, playing defensive hunter, making out with an audience member, creating a rose and handing it to Tara Kelly, making his own Bachelor show, redeeming his full edit regarding his bad kissing, and for performing a bromance anthem with the second audience. Brennan proved what kind of a bump you can make for yourself with an all-out deluge of excellent play at the Mentel All. I mean, he really fucking did. We both gave him our MVP, obviously, for the Mentel All. It was his show. And here he's reaping the reward. He's scratching at the door of 100K. We know he's going to show up on Paradise where he will definitely cross that threshold and we'll see how far he can take it. If he can pull out a deep run in sand and walk away with one of the other high-profile Instagram players in a couple, this dude could have a million. I'm nervous about the couple thing based on him making out with an audience plant being filmed after Bachelor in Paradise, but if she's cool with it, that's very cool. <laughs> Maybe Tara Kelly comes to Paradise. Is that possible? Probably not. Probably not. Only two players have ever joined Paradise without playing the main game. Aya Kennedy's Aya sister, sister and, and Christian, Christian Haggerty. <laughs> yeah. It's, I don't uh... think Tara Kelly has it. Yeah, it's weird to know that right off the top of your head. Fourth place goes to 28-year-old <laughs> New Jersey marketing sales rep, Greg Grippo. He gained 22000 this week, bringing his total to 260000 despite barely being in the document for his one-on-one -on -one runover from last week, presumably his British accent play in the blooper reel. 
I think this is just leading into playoffs. He's a favorite, and people are starting to uptick him, you know? Fifth place in gains goes to 30-year-old wildlife manager Blake Moynes. He gained 10K this week, bringing him to 231K total, despite also barely being in the document, besides his mother issuing him a glow in the promo. That's the power of a glow. <laughs> That's why he got it? You think it's the mom <laughs> promo glow gave him his 10K? No, it's probably going into playoffs. Got to bump him up. Yeah. And an honorable mention this week goes out to 26-year-old professional rivalman Aaron Clancy. He gained 8,000, bringing him to 51.3K total for his nonstop attacks on his mortal enemies and being mistaken by thirsting for one of them. Thomas, I'll never let that go. It was very akin to me to um, when Jesse Palmer. Jesse Palmer? Yeah. Oh, God. Called out the wrong name at a rose ceremony. Fuck. (laughs) Never forget. And the top five chart for this week, 7, 28, 21 on the day of our recording. It remains unchanged in order from last week. We have Grippo in the number one spot with 260K. Moines bringing up second place with 231. Andrew Spencer in that coveted third place position at 157K. Michael Alio single dad in his way to 155K in fourth place. And the Catman, Connor B, bringing up the rear fifth place with 92.3K. Soon to touch sand. That is the top five gains as we head into playoffs. We wish all the players good luck and can't wait to see what they do with the rest of this 17th season of The Bachelorette. Our hosts, Tasha Adams and Caitlin Bristow, unfortunately remain unchanged with 1.8 and 1.9 million, respectively. And I got to say, if the Jason Tardick proposal to Caitlin Bristow airing on the fucking mental all didn't push her over, what the fuck is? I think they're just done. This is locked in place. But that does it for all of the gains for this week. Now it's time to move on to delivery and discussion of all of the juiciest tids in the nation. (laughs) This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, a new crop of rookies has been announced. A list of 35 hopeful players was released on the official Bachelor ABC Facebook page on Monday. This is a first in the history of our game. The rookies for a new season of The Bachelorette have been announced before the current season of Bachelorette has even finished airing and before the next season of Bachelor in Paradise has started airing. The amount of content we are being force-fed by the show is at an all-time high, and we can't help but wonder if this deluge of player names will test the fourth audience's capacity to remain engaged. The season is set to start shooting next week, and per Reality Steve, there will be travel in a kind of hybrid bubble season that will feature Young and her players shuttled between various resorts around the country at different phases of the game, and ultimately, including real hometown dates. I've looked at these guys' photos. I have not gone into their Instagrams yet. I'm like, what fucking time do we have to do that? We will get to them as her season approaches. But shit, there's just so much to try and keep track of. And 
I'm excited to look through these guys' stuff, through these guys' Instagrams. But um, I thought it was interesting that how they're going to shoot this season. It still is. It's a bubbles season, plural. It's not one bubble. They're going to put them in multiple bubbles around the country. But then the hometowns are supposedly going to be real. They're going to actually get to go there. So that's kind of cool. But we're still not going to get helicopters. We're still not probably going to get boats and all that stuff. It's not quite the game as we once knew. We're still in this but weird, shitty thing. it won't be us fixating on the decor of one resort and how many <laughs> ladders and fences there are, which I feel will be important <laughs> for our mental health. There's going to be a fucking ladder at every resort in every shot. I mean, this is going to be the hardest troll God. they've ever done to you. Side note, notably missing from this list is Bao Wu, who we thought might have been pushed to this season as a contender, but possibly still will. Time will tell. Speaking of contenders, one-time contender for Hannah Brown's heart, Tyler Cameron, is in the news this week. (laughs) He had a new book come out called You Deserve Better, What Life Has Taught Me About Love, Relationships, and Becoming Your Best Self. The book dropped on Tuesday per E! News. And the biggest takeaways from the dimple-faced penman's literary debut are as follows. One, Cameron confirms that he and Hannah Brown did not have sex in the fantasy suite. Two, although Brown silenced him just before he proposed in The Bachelorette Season 16 finale, Cameron came prepared with a pre-written proposal, which is in the book, and it reads, Hannah... I know our love was slow to start, but it's a light that will burn forever. I know you had a label on me from the beginning, but these are the only labels I want. Husband, best friend, lover, protector, father to our children. Part of it read, I'm so madly in love with you. I want to support you in your dreams and make you happy for the rest of your life. I've given all myself to you. Will you give all of yourself to me? I know we always say, let's have a day. But let's turn this day into a life. Hannah Brown, will you marry me? Do you think this is real? Yeah, totally. Do you not? I feel like it probably was real, but he probably, you know, rewrote it to oh, spice it up for the book, don't you think? Yeah, maybe he did a couple no of rewrites. no one can fact check that. Right. But then I'm also like, this is a man who was putting out YouTube videos of himself shirtless eating steak in his backyard as entertainment. How much mm-hmm. work is he really doing to rewrite any of this? <laughs> well, I'm not saying he did it. Uh, fair. Yeah. But <laughs> somebody took a look like at this for sure. Someone probably worked on it, you know. Yeah. The book also reveals that once he was flown to L.A. for the final casting round of season 15 of Bachelorette, he used his daily food stipend to purchase edible marijuana, which he ingested and then became paranoid around producers. He also reveals that he lost his virginity in high school, in his mother's bed, not with his mother. And he also says that fame has caused him to struggle with anxiety, something that did not exist before his appearance in our beloved game. It's time for a union. We wish Cameron well in his literary endeavor, and we also have to thank a few members of the pit who showed up to one of his New York book signings. We will be discussing that a little bit later. Ari Leyendijk's second choice for wife, Lauren Leyendijk, is in the news this week. The mother of the most dominant babies in the Instagram game was hospitalized this week 
after developing antibiotic-resistant postpartum mastasis. Mastasis is an inflammation of breast tissue that can occur as a result of breastfeeding and is caused by blocked milk ducts and bacteria. After a brief stay in the hospital, Ari Leyendijk took to his Instagram to tell everyone that Lauren is back home and on the mend. We're glad to hear she's doing better and we wish her a speedy recovery so she can get back to posting parasocial masterpieces for Alessi and the twins. It's always scary news to hear that one of our favorite players has been hospitalized, but it is good to know she's back home. Season 16's Bachelor Ben Flanick is in the news this week as the fourth audience's appetite for the taste of sand continues to grow. Coverage of Paradise is increasing. This week, Flanick told Us Weekly that he has been courted several times by producers trying to get him to feel the hot sting of Mexican sand twixt his toes. He is quoted as saying... They've asked me to do it like five times, and it would take, in quotes, a lot for him to return to the Bachelor franchise. In quotes, my handler at the time, Adam Mansfield, is now working on that show, so he always reaches out, and I'm just too busy. I have too many projects and companies, and I'm too old. Mansfield has 10.9 thousand followers and has Bachelor-related social media posts going all the way back to Bachelor Pad in 2012. We have never seen a crown on sand before, but it seems like it certainly isn't for lack of trying on the producer's part. I would love that. What a wild card. Ben Flanick. <laughs> They've asked him to come on there five times. I'm like, what other crowns have they asked? Probably all. And they all say no? Not one crown has been enticed enough to come back? What are they doing to the crowns? <laughs> or is it a thing where it's like the crowns- They're watching them pee. Yeah, they're watching them pee. They're putting a fucking person in the bed next to them. Is it that or is it that the crowns just feel like, I'm a crown. Fuck this. I'm not going yeah, to paradise. I think, I think that's a big part of it is like it's considered a step lower. Right. But it's actually not. If a crown came back, <laughs> they would fucking dominate. They would be the person everybody is trying to get with. Mm-hmm. They would, in most cases, have more followers than anybody. Flannick. Not quite, because he was like an older um, bachelor from an older time at the very least, you know. But I think a crown coming back to sand is like, some crown should do that. And you'd fucking probably double your Instagram following. Definitely. Speaking of old bachelor seasons, July 27th marked the 50th year of existence for the Dark Lord. The excommunicated father of lies celebrated the big 5-0 with his better half, Lauren Zima, and the third bachelor, Andrew Firestone, and his wife. The couples posted images of themselves all across their social media accounts, lounging in pools, and playing pickleball at what looked to be a tropical resort. Happy birthday, Dark Lord. I guess. In other Dark Lord news, a TMZ reporter caught up with the connoisseur of human suffering and his significant other, Lauren Zima. And we have a little audio clip here to play for you now, which I found pretty interesting. Um, you know, how you doing after everything settled since The Bachelor? How's everything going with you guys? We're how doing, are you? Well, we're doing great. Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, 
Honestly, I, I wish everybody the best. Um, I will say it's been kind of nice to have, uh, after 19 years, have my Mondays back. Right. Including last night, I actually got to celebrate my birthday uh, thanks to this beautiful woman I was with with my family, my friends. It was absolutely awesome. That's so, amazing. But I wish everybody the best. Hey, I got to ask, uh, you defended Rachel, and now she's back with Matt without consequence. And you kind of got in the hot, you got in hot water. How does that sit with you? You know what? I'm happy for them, and I wish them all the best. And I hope they're in love, and I hope they do great. Have a good night. And uh, you too as well. Have you been watching this season of The Bachelorette? Uh, I've been keeping up, uh, you know, from afar. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm sure they're doing great, and I wish everybody the best. It and, got really... And, and thank you for, for wishing me a happy birthday. Don't feel bad you didn't get anything. The Dark Lord was putting on an absolute clinic in How to Remain Aloof and Give a TMZ Reporter Absolutely Nothing Usable. That is why he was at one time the best in the business. And now we wanted to add on to our Bachelor Nation news just a, a little segment. It's more of a conversation. It's just something that we kind of took note of this week. And I'm just going to call it the Wowee of the Week. I don't know if we're going to do a Wowee of the Week every week, but this week has a Wowee of the Week. And it's sloppy editing. I want to bring attention to what the producers, what the editors are doing on this season. We've talked about how the promos give things away or they'll put something on Instagram that's a picture of somebody at the Mentel All and you're like, well, I guess they get fucking eliminated. This goes far <laughs> beyond that. This is manipulation in the way they are pumping out the media. It's not just laziness. It's actually lying to us in the media. The first thing I want to bring attention to, this was all over TikTok and Instagram Reels. There is a moment where Olio is... Michael Olio's in the hot seat and he's talking about his experience and he says something and the crowd starts clapping. They then cut to the crowd, which includes a shot of all the guys. And Michael Olio is sitting in his chair with the guys clapping for the statement he just gave on stage. <laughs> Obviously didn't happen. So they're using footage of all the guys clapping just at random to slot in for any reaction they need. So it makes no sense. Now, another piece of information has surfaced on Allison Raskin's Instagram account. It's at Allison Raskin. It is a video taken of her TV screen, I'm guessing on her wall. It's at the portion in the Mentel All when we are watching Jason Tardick propose to Caitlin Bristow. And down in the lower left corner, there are heads in boxes. You see both Tardic and Bristow reacting and smiling and having a good time, and they cut away in the box to a shot of two women in the audience. Allison Raskin captioned it with this. I have some upsetting news. It appears reality TV might not be real. Based on the fact that this footage is of me and at Rachel Retha, from when we went to Ari's Women Tell All in 2018, but it is currently being used during Katie's Men Tell All in 2021. I am shocked and heartbroken, but also delighted to be on national TV again. So this is proof that... wow <laughs> Indeed. It's the wowie moment of the week. <laughs> the, the editors just have stock fucking footage from all of the tell-alls that they just slot in haphazardly. Who fucking knows who was actually in the audience? Were any of those people even there? We will never fucking know. But it's just so sloppy. Look, as someone who has been in the document, I can confirm 
that they film the close-up reaction shots of the audience at the beginning. They tell you, this has just happened. What is your face? And I tried to do very exaggerated faces, trying to make the document, trying to be a meme. Face play. Pretty unsuccessful. Face play. But to take it from a different episode, especially one that was three years ago, I mean, maybe they're just hoping no one notices and that, like, they don't think, like, oh, well, this person who has a following might get attention for this, for calling it out. I don't know. Seems unnecessary. It wasn't even that great a clip. It was just, like, clapping. It makes me start wondering, like, do the editors just have a folder that's like audience clapping shots and it's from a million different seasons. Like they shot that audience at Katie's mental yeah. clapping and giving that reaction. They can't use that footage. I don't know. Forgot to get the clapping reaction, I guess. It's I just know. so sloppy. I don't know what is going on in these bubble seasons, but it is just, it's not good. You gotta have a little more attention. They didn't to use mine from, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's coming feel free to use that anytime you want and i will not call attention to it i mean i would they I cut would. out to the audience and it's people wearing the make corinne great again hats and shit yeah <laughs> yeah anyway that rounds out our news for the week including our wowie moment the bad editing that is going on all season long and now it's time for us to analyze all of the greatest plays that our players have been making off the field. And in that primary world, the only world that matters, where all human decisions are now made, this is the parasocial play, 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 play of the week. There was an extravaganza of parasocial plays this week. So much that it made our heads spin. But we love to see it. First up, Maggie Tariq, player on Matt James's season, took to her Instagram stories to issue a direct-to-camera response to Katie Thurston's interview with male goat Nick Vial on his podcast, Vial Files, for only being able to name one African country when he asked her to name five at the end of their interview. Tariq called out Thurston saying, I got so many DMs asking me about Katie's interview and a question if she knew African countries and she didn't mention mine. Well, yes, we know each other. Hi, Katie. We ate together. We drank together. We farmed together. We almost liked the same guy. I'm from Tigray from Ethiopia. Now you know. By the way, Matt is half Nigerian. So Nigeria, Ethiopia, now you know two countries. If you need to know more, let me know. I'll teach you. Thurston then responded on her own direct-to-camera Instagram story saying, I'm going to address this as much as I'm embarrassed to do so. Maggie, hi, how are you doing? Made a statement about how I didn't know five countries in Africa based on the podcast I did with Nick Vial. It really wasn't anything more or less than just fear of looking stupid and not wanting to guess the wrong thing. I tried to just not answer the question. Some people are offended, appalled, even going so far as questioning if I'm an ally, which is really upsetting, to be honest. But anyway, short answer is, I'm sorry, like I'm fucking stupid. I don't know what you want me to tell you. Do I know countries in Africa? Sure. Do I know a lot of them? Probably not. She said she was now trying to learn all of the countries in Africa because she was mortified and that it was just truly a moment of blanking out. 
Some members of the nation's forums were critical of this response, and Thurston issued another post saying, At Maggie Tariq and I have spoken privately and have nothing but love and respect for each other. Neither of us want negativity for each other. Please use your energy for something positive. A rare parasocial error from our current sitting bachelorette. Hunter Montgomery gave us a good parasocial play this week. He issued a short Instagram reel in which he speaks directly to camera and says, if you can't beat him, join him. He then pulls up an off-camera plush doll of the character Wreck-It Ralph and says, Ralph, right? Then he giggles. This post has 170,000 views, 2,367 likes. And this is very reminiscent of Dale Moss putting on his Superman Mm -hmm. costume after all the pictures surfaced of him doing the Party City modeling. When people start telling you you look like somebody when they're making memes of you, fucking embrace it. Take it lightheartedly. Play into the joke and you're going to see things like this. 170,000 views. That's way more than he has followers, which is at 17K. That's a tenfold increase. Gigantic. Also entering the parasocial arena from this season, Connor Brennan, a.k.a. the Catman, made an Instagram main grid post featuring photos of him at the Men Tell All in which he is chatting with the Ultimate Girl Gang as well as kissing audience plant Tara Kelly. The caption reads, Good morning to Tara Kelly and Tara Kelly only. Embarrassed face emoji, rose emoji, eyes looking emoji. The post has 25.6K likes and 472 comments, including one from Ivan Hall saying, she coming out to paradise, bud? Eye emoji. This shit fascinated me. (laughs) Ivan Hall is in paradise. He knows whether she came or not. They're now playing this weird game of like scripting shit. I mean, that's a lie. She coming out to paradise, bud? What are you doing? It's fascinating that we're getting into this era now where the timing of all this shit is getting fucked up. And when producers put plants in the show, it can potentially expose things that happened or didn't happen in paradise. And the players are just going along with it. They're part of the lie machine now. It's pretty fascinating. It's also, I mean, it's asking the question we're all wondering. You've already shot paradise. You're making out with the plant. What gives? My eyes are side looking just like that emoji. Right. Curious. It's either he's with somebody from paradise and he knew that this was going to happen on stage, as did the person he's with. And they're all complicit mm-hmm. in the bigger kind of production of the show. And the producers the big have lie, told them all. The big lie, if you will. The big lie, yeah. if you will. Father of lies. Or he is with somebody and he didn't know and did it anyway because he was on camera and he's like, this is going to get me a big bump and it did. Or he's not with anybody. And he can do whatever he wants at all times without a uh, threat of hurting anyone's feelings. I don't know. We're going to find out in a few short weeks. This week, we had another parasocial error in addition to Katie Thurston's misstep. Bachelor in Paradise for Raven Gates and Adam Galtz Chalk accidentally announced their pregnancy when they posted a SpawnCon main grid Instagram post to advertise a fertility product. They didn't realize it but they had left their sonogram photo strip hanging on their refrigerator in the background of the photo they posted. <laughs> they quickly took the post down and then later made a real pregnancy announcement post. For their real pregnancy announcement, Gates posted a five-image series to her main grid of the couple embracing and hoojooing with the sonogram pictures. 
They refer to the baby as a honeymoon baby and pose with their creature, a dog. This post has 432,982 likes and 4,293 comments. Gosschalk posted his own series of similar images, which got 103,358 likes and 918 comments. Baby Gosschalk officially entered the fetus or pre-baby game on Sunday and currently has 26.3k followers for its one Instagram post of Gates in athletic wear holding a peach. Curious to see where Baby Gosschalk winds up. We got some time still left in the pre-baby game for Baby Gosschalk, but upon birthing, I don't know. Are we going to see Baby Ghost Chalk at 50K, 75K, 100K? Mm, it depends on the posts. I think if they keep doing these consistently, I could see. What is Adam at? Adam's at 227K. But Raven. is at 1.1 million. So I could see this baby hitting 100K pre... Exposure to air. <laughs> Pre-air. <laughs> yeah, I could see it as well. I, I'm i going to watch this one closely. And also we have the Iaconetti child out there, the pre-baby. Yeah, we know you're watching that one closely. All of these random accounts people have made <laughs> to troll you probably... <laughs> What is it? It's just a click of a follow. You know, it's no skin off my back. But they've said they're not going to do a pre-baby account for Baby Highbon, Aya Kinetti. I don't know if that's going to hold. There's, there's just too much benefit in it. I think they're going to do it eventually. When that happens, rest assured, we'll be covering it. <laughs> Tasha Adams also posted an Instagram story this week about the one-year anniversary of getting the call to be the Bachelorette. She claims she got the call to be Bachelorette on the 24th, about a week into Claire's shooting. This has prompted a flurry of conspiracy theories across the nation about the timing of that call. And even in the video, she seemed a little like she had to redo the math in her head, where she's like, today is my one year anniversary of getting the call to be to go out to the show and see if I was going to be the Bachelorette. <laughs> you know, there's a little like she's talking a little too freely about it in that thing. but. We will never know the actual timeline. Nonetheless, happy anniversary to Tasha. It's interesting that she felt compelled to do that despite the shaky timeline. I think she, like Caitlin Bristow, they're both trying to capitalize on their time as hostesses right now. And it's just, it's yeah. not making much of a difference. But I think they're both in kind of a heightened level of social media production trying to capitalize. I mean, can you imagine if you're like 1.8, 1.9 million, you're like, I could just get there. You're so close. I can't imagine it because I have 24,000 or something. I don't think I'll ever have a million followers or be close to anything like that. But yeah, I mean, when you're at that level, I think hitting those benchmarks means a fuckload more money. Like if you can go from 1.9 yeah. to 2 million, I think that means something to advertisers in a pretty significant way. In another pair of social play this week, Katie Thurston promoted Michael Alio's cancer charity, the L4 Mission, via Instagram stories. She said, I often get questions about my scar. It's from a lumpectomy after finding a lump on my breast. Because I was only 20, I discovered this on my own. 
Typically, women don't get routine mammograms until their 40s, so it's important to be your own biggest advocate when it comes to your own personal health. I want to take this moment and highlight at the L4 Project, which at Michael Alio has founded as a way to carry on Laura's legacy. And Claire Crawley is in Parasocial Plays this week. She posted an image of herself in a pink top to her Instagram main grid. She wrote, Self-love is the act of giving a voice to your truth. So here is mine. As a child of sexual abuse, my young adult years were spent in unhealthy relationships, feeling unworthy of the good ones. It was a vicious cycle because the more I chose the wrong men who treated me poorly, the more I believed I wasn't good enough. Enter the breast implants. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't excited to get them. But the truth is, it was money that would have been better spent on therapy to heal my wounded heart. I ended up spending the money on therapy anyway. Sad face emoji. Cut to now. A woman who has learned to love herself deeply on the inside, knows her worth, and will fight for herself no matter what. I've learned the toxicity that these implants can cause on our bodies as it has done to mine. So I am stepping away from something that no longer serves me, not my heart, and certainly not my health. Surgery is this week, exclamation. We are taking it back to Claire 1.0, who is lovable and worthy just the way she is, heart emoji. We wish her the best of luck with her explant surgery, and we say thank you for sharing everything that she's gone through in this journey and being brave enough to talk about these things, which are incredibly important issues. Victoria Fuller from Popeye's season entered the parasocial arena this week with a TikTok video titled, Whoa, Bachelor Edition, hashtag whoa, hashtag FYP. In it, several parasocial powerhouse players dance by throwing an unseen object into the air and catching it, including Mike Johnson, Kelsey Weir, Hannah Godwin, Dylan Barber, Damar Jackson, Kaylin Miller-Keys, Ed Wastebrot, Ivan Hall, Connor Saley, and Kelly Flanagan. This video has 2.3 million views, 170.3k likes, and 1,000 comments. The power of this was overwhelming. The amount of players that are in it, cross seasons, it, it's just fucking astounding, this video. I loved it. The most astounding part is that Ed Sprott has made his way into these circles. <laughs> no shit. When I saw him in it, I was like, wait a second, what the fuck is going on here? How is this possible? But he's done it. Is he a better parasocial player than we maybe thought? I don't know. I don't know if he's getting any bumps off this, but this video was fucking astounding. I think DLH gave him this bump by doing the comedy duo with him. Right. That's how he got in here. He's like, I have the dark power of the dark lord. Allow me into your mm-hmm. parasocial circle. I love this. And I think we would have given it parasocial play. Had another series of plays not taken place this week, but it did. Our parasocial play of the week goes to three separate individuals. They are all dwellers within the darkest portions of the pit. And they showed up to Tyler Cameron's book signing in New York and posted Instagram stories of themselves in the Game of Roses 4TRR shirts standing next to the male Instagram goat, as well as a beautiful image Posted by Dubard Eats NYC of her opening the book and showing us the autograph she got from Tyler Cameron with an inscription that she no doubt asked him to place within the pages of his own book. And it reads, 
the pit provides. Thank you for making our week with this extraordinary play. Dubard Eats NYC, Ciara.mel, and Aotero 2. We cannot thank you enough for these images, for this event, for the fact that we now know Tyler Cameron's aware of the pit. He can't not be. He fucking wrote it in a book. It's uh, probably the most important thing that he's written in a book. Whoa. I just read his unpublished manifesto to Hannah Brown, his (laughs) proposal. I mean, you're right, though. This is more important. No, this honestly made my week. It was so funny and like just it was just amazing to see. My jaw dropped. As did mine. Please, everybody go follow at Dubard Eats NYC, D-U-B-A-R-D-E-A-T-S-N-Y-C. Go follow Ciara.mel, C-I-A-R-A dot M-E-L, and go follow Aotero2, A-O-T-E-R-O number two. They are fantastic. This parasocial play was just astonishing. I mean, to see that t-shirt, three people wearing it, surrounding Tyler Cameron. What the fuck must he have thought in that moment? That he needs to do better merch, probably. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you can't just slap a picture of you and Matt James eating pizza on a fucking hoodie anymore, dude. Oh, man. It was just beautiful. I don't know. So thank you guys for everything you have done, all the images that you have posted. This was just astounding to us, and we love to see it. Also, thank you everyone who has been submitting Hooju videos to at Game of Roses. They're extraordinary. <laughs> Some of them are like fucking legitimately good Hoojus. Like better than a lot of players. Some of them are I know, and Some of them are on sand and I'm like, God damn it. It's so hard to Hooju on sand. Hoojus, aquatic Hoojus. There's all kinds of Hoojus. I love it. Please keep sending them. And before we end our parasocial plays of the week, we have to give an award to the parasocial creature of the week. Hunter Montgomery posted an Instagram story featuring his mother hand feeding, what else? A squirrel. While she gently speaks to the creature, she calls Mr. Squirrely, assuring him that whatever she's feeding him is, in quotes, so good. Hunter has written text across the top of this post that reads, my mom is next level, crying laughing emoji, squirrel emoji powerful creature play from the Montgomery family this week. Clues his favorite creature, a squirrel. I think it's everyone's favorite creature, isn't it? I'm not alone in this. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Man's best friend, they all say squirrels. Exactly, Mm -hmm. it's true. (laughs) In nature, various animals have evolved certain plumage, certain visual indicators that can attract other members of their species that can represent certain things for humans Mm -hmm. that plumage is hair luscious (laughs) hair and there's no one size fits all when it comes to shampoo and conditioner that's going to keep your plumage looking great we all need products that are suited for our unique needs that don't leave us disappointed and now There's Pro's Shampoo and Conditioner to help with your plumage goals. 
I didn't even know I had plumage goals until I met pros. Now I'm just attracting everything. It's almost too much, to be honest. My plumage is out of control. (laughs) Look, (laughs) I've talked about this before. Their leave-in conditioner. Don't get me started on their leave-in conditioner. It is a mist. It nourishes and detangles. It leaves my hair soft and shiny with just a few spritzes. My fragrance is Oasis. It's got color protection because I bleach the shit out of my hair. As I have said before, you know, you take this custom hair quiz to basically figure out what you're doing wrong to your hair. Some of it is like where you live, your zip code, what you're you're messing it up just by living in a city, you know. But the leave-in conditioner is really fixing all of these horrible things that I'm doing to my plumage. And I have the most soft, shiny hair of my entire life. I love it. And if you are not 100% positive, Pros is the best hair care you've ever had. They will take the products back, no questions asked. I doubt you will want that, but it's there for you. That's how good it is. That's how confident Pros is that you're going to love everything they send you after you take that quiz. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. You can take a free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash roses. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash roses for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. Pros, get your plumage right. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football is back and the best bet you can make is downloading the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It doesn't matter if you're new to gambling or an old pro, FanDuel has something for everyone. And as an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you know your bets are safe. There's also never been a better time to use FanDuel because right now you'll get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. You can even turn a small wager into a big payday with a same game parlay bet. Just sign up with the promo code SPOTIFY to place your first bet risk-free on FanDuel Sportsbook. Download FanDuel today. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And now it's time for us to descend into that darkest part of the pit where we will issue forth our screams about how our relationship with the show is affecting our daily lives. This is... Screams from the Pit! My scream from the pit is that I have been in the sun a lot lately. It's summertime, getting outside, taking walks, going to meals at outdoor places, and I sometimes get something which is called melasma, which is basically like a discoloration on your face. Uh, It's either gray or brown, and it's made by being in the sun. And I remembered that Ashley Spivey, player from Brad Wobach's season, also has dealt with melasma. And so I went to her Instagram highlight or story highlights and she has a highlight that's about melasma and I realize I am now getting my medical advice 
from my bachelor parasocial heroes. (laughs) (laughs) And one of her main tips was that you can't really treat it during the summer, but you're supposed to stay the fuck out of the sun or even being in a warm place and that you should get a peel in the fall. So I will be following Dr. Spivey's orders and pursuing a fall peel. Hmm. Now, you mentioned getting all your medical advice from Bachelor players. What other medical advice are you getting from Bachelor players? Dr. Joe's vaccine updates. Right. How could I forget? (laughs) Well, I mean, this is pit provides type shit. You have a problem. Oh, yes. You go straight to the pit. There's a solution. I think this is fantastic. Pit provided. Mm Mm-hmm. The pit has been providing me something this week as well. And my Uh-oh. scream relates to that thing. I have discussed from time to time on this show about how I want to expand the show, about other versions of shows we could do every week. And one of those is something where we would basically do a weekly podcast roundup of all the different Bachelor podcasts and talk about the most important moments from them. Now, we do Digging Deepers on our Patreon from time to time. And usually on those, we will focus in on one appearance of a player on a podcast and really break down the most important things from it. Last week, we did three podcasts. We did a Bachelor Happy Hour with Ben Higgins. We did a Vial Files with Max Music. And we even did a clip from Jibber Jabber with JPJ. Well, this week I've just said to myself, fuck it, I'm going to dive in. And I'm listening literally to every fucking podcast in the Bachelor universe, even the ones where players are going off on other podcasts and talking, ones that are not traditionally Bachelor podcasts. And I've already culled clips from (laughs) six different podcasts, and we still got a week to fucking go. So next Monday's Patreon episode, not this coming Monday, but the one following, is going to be Uh my first attempt at really immersing myself in all of it and pulling out the important pieces. I want to see if I can do it. I want to see how much of this shit I can listen to because there's a lot of this shit. It's like fucking four or five hours a day of this shit that I'm digging through to find this or that. And I'm just going to see if I can do it. It's an experiment, but it's happening. Digging deepest. It is the deepest dig I have yet done into the Bachelor podcast realm. And so far... I will say this. There's a lot of stuff you don't need to listen to. I will just say that. (laughs) (laughs) Bachelor Clues' review of Bachelor Podcast. That is fucking hilarious. (laughs) There's a a fair amount of all these podcasts that is just kind of like filler, you know? It's them talking about like, oh, I had fun. It was great. It was a life-changing experience. Just big generalized comments about whatever. Uh But in all of that, if you can really sift through it, there are little funny moments or moments that give you some kind of behind the scenes tea or about how the game works or or whatever. And that's the stuff that I'm really pulling out to have for our next Digging Deeper, which again will be not this coming Monday, but the following. You haven't found any new favorite podcast you had been unaware of? No, because these are all pretty much podcasts that I've listened to at least once or twice. I am now there's a there's a piece of this that I'm pulling out that's on Jason Tardick's most recent podcast. And I got to say oh, that guy's fucking good. Like every yeah, time I listen great. to him, I'm just like, fuck, this dude is really brilliant at this. 
And it's becoming through this digging deeper process, it's becoming a podcast that I might just start listening to like all the time, which I don't really have another podcast like that. I have other ones that I'll like check in with time to time. This shit is like, he's just so fucking good at it. So my scream really is that I'm now swimming in the Bachelor podcast sea, cast adrift with no hope of ever coming back. And uh, we'll see what happens to me as a result. I mean, I literally don't understand how you have the time to do all of this, but I applaud your enthusiasm, and I'm sure it will make us have literally the best Bachelor content possible, as always. I mean, it's just something that I personally like would enjoy. You know, there's a bunch of recaps of these podcasts and stuff you can find on Reddit. People will like, even in some cases, like verbatim, just do a transcript of like what people have said and stuff, and that's incredibly helpful. But even that. You've got to like sift through all the shit. And it's just like, I know important things are being said on these podcasts, important to us in terms of like mm-hmm. talking about the behind the scenes game structure or revealing some new piece of whatever. And I just wish that there was something that put it all together. And so now I'm like, fuck it, I'll just do it. I'll be the thing that does the thing be your I own want. hero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll see. I'm going to do it one time. I'm going to see how much work it is. And it may never happen again, but again, Monday after this coming one, you will see the results of this deepest dig. Well, I look forward to the the clips portion of it. (laughs) (laughs) You'll have them. They'll be in your inbox. Highlights. Whatever, next Friday. But that is it for this week in Bachelor Nation. Thank you all for coming on this journey with us through all of the segments of our show. And please don't forget that you can still get a... Do You Huju t-shirt at bonfire.com slash Huju for about 11 more days. Then it's gone forever. Please pre-order How to Win the Bachelor as many copies as you can. Get us on that New York Times bestseller list right next to Tyler Cameron. And of course, don't forget podcastawards.com. Go there and nominate us in the TV film category and in the overall category so that we can walk across that stage and thank the pit in our 4TRR t-shirts. I think we'll be obligated to do that. And if you have signed up for our Patreon, you can now enjoy all the benefits of our Discord. Again, you just go to the homepage and you go to the My Membership section and there will be a link to the Patreon there. And you can all share screams and there's all kinds of different categories in the Patreon. Dark Seeker has done a fantastic job of setting it up and running it and everything. So we thank her and we are going to be in that Discord as well shouting our screams and having conversations about all kinds of shit. There's a uh, tab in there that's fucking aliens. I'm sure I'll be in that one. (laughs) Oh my God. I will not be clicking that one. (laughs) And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,066 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game please rate this podcast please review this podcast please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast please review this podcast please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast Please review this podcast. 
Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is gonna feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe, unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. Cute. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.